Hi, I'm Juan Aragon. And I'm Nate Specht. And this is The The Main Main Scoop. Scoop. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode two of The Main Scoop. This is a very big day because today we have our first special guest, Mr. Cole Longwell. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Enough applause. I know. Uh, Thanks for having me, guys. As you said, my name's Cole. I'm from Ely, Minnesota, which is about two hours north of Duluth here. Um, I came here, I'm a junior, I just transferred here. I am a special and elementary education major. Yes, you are very special, Cole. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Very special education major. Right when I moved back into Duluth, right at the end of the summer, Newman hosted a bonfire, and that's where I met Cole. But, um... But you two, you and Nate, go way back. Yeah, we've known each other for, like, roughly five five, or six years years now. Yeah. Yeah. We met back around my sophomore year, his junior year, I think, in high school. High school, school. yeah. Yeah, when we were, we went to this um, summer camp that our diocese puts on called Camp Survive at Big Sandy Camp in McGregor, Minnesota, about an hour and a half southwest of Duluth here. And, yeah, we were both... Um, junior counselors there and became just friends through other friends we met through other friends and then hit it off and became good friends from there on so yeah yeah um before we we started recording so just to give you a little bit of context of where we're at we are in the attic of my house which is also where our focus missionaries live and for whatever reason we have this really old tv up here and then next to the tv we have these vhs tapes we were looking through some of them earlier. We got we got Mulan, the good um, Mulan, the, the, the good original, Mulan with yes. the songs that are impeccable. Yeah, Mushu. Is that his um, name? Yes, yes. Designer on you, designer on your family, designer on, on your, your cow. cow. That's how we insult people in Wisconsin, by the way. Um, anyways, uh, we also have legally blonde, legally blonde. I can't speak. Matilda, Field of Dreams is up here. Big Daddy, Adam Sandler. Big Daddy. Oh, yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah. Sleepless in Seattle. Ooh. Iconic. Never We're... seen it, so I don't know really much about it at all. But I hear they get a lot of sleep in that movie. Ooh, this one's my all-time favorite. We have a VHS tape of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Like the iconic. I know every song from this show, well, show uh, movie by heart. Larry Boy and the Fib from Outer Space is up here. Veggie Tales, the fit from Outer Space was a huge, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, throwback, because I grew up with Veggie Tales like pretty much my whole life. I am really good friends with this girl who is very Catholic, but for whatever reason, she has never seen Veggie Tales. And when she told when she told me that, I was like, how how have you never seen Veggie Tales? I don't know. Were were you guys both VeggieTales? You know, kids? I was not. I you were not. I, I was not. My family, like, wasn't very Catholic. Oh um, yeah. Except for my grandparents, and they were too old to know what VeggieTales was. So of course I know what it is, but like when people sing the songs and stuff, I do not. You don't yeah. know silly songs with Larry. I do not, and I'm scared to admit I... that sometimes because I feel like I'm <laughs> yeah. going to get killed you know, by other Catholics. Is, yeah. the, the main scoop is a safe place. You're, you, I know, I know. You're not judged. Well, I'm, well, I'm going to get well, hate well, messages well, after this, but you might be judged because I also didn't really grow up on. <laughs> you didn't veg- grow up with. I watched. Tales? I watched episodes like once or twice, maybe at like Sunday school. Yeah, yeah. On Sunday mornings, but yeah. like that was back when I was in like elementary school. I haven't watched a VeggieTales episode since I was probably seven years old. So that's been over 
12 years. Okay. I did play okay. the VeggieTales version of Candyland a few weeks ago on a retreat Tre- we were on. Yeah, what was it called again? Um, <laughs> VeggieQuest. VeggieQuest. That yes. was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, that was great fun. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, the other day, I couldn't find my glasses. So I was going through my room and I was just saying to myself, Oh, where are my glasses? Oh, where are my glasses? Oh, that's an actual VeggieTales song? Yeah. Oh, I thought you just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> Our whole audience who has seen VeggieTales are pro- is probably... Why? Well, it's going to be like two people. <laughs> Shout out to you two people. Shout I... out to my mom. <laughs> Shout out to my mom. Shout out to my mom. <laughs> Sorry, that was really cringy. Why do we okay. do this? So now that we've shouted out our mothers, we should probably get into what we're actually going to shout talk out about. our fathers. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about what we're going to talk about. Cole, what is the Bible passage that you have in store for us today? Well, Juan, I wanted to talk about the prodigal son today. This is one of my favorite and best. Um, this is one of my favorite parables in the Bible. <laughs> You can keep this in there. Yeah, we're just, okay. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we don't have to edit, really. We can just keep this whole thing beginning to end. I hate this. This is so bad. Well, in this chapter, Jesus gives three parables on things that are lost or people that are lost. Um, because that's who he came to save, those who are lost. He gives the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son. So the son, he takes all of his inheritance... And he goes off and wastes it and spends it on a life of sin. Um, he eventually loses it all and is starving, living in the streets. And he feels sorry for this. And he thinks to himself, well, at least my dad's servants have it better than I do. So maybe I'll go back and beg him to, uh, to let me become one of his servants. And so he repents and he goes um, So he goes home um, begging for his father's mercy. And his father, waiting in a tower, sees him far off. And then his father goes and runs to him, hugs him, and forgives him right away. And then they throw a feast for him, and he's just super happy that he's back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like this parable, because it, this is like how God the Father reacts when we come to confession, or when we repent and want to come back to him. He runs to us with his arms wide open, wanting to forgive us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you told us that we that you wanted to look at the prodigal son. I was very happy for two reasons. First of all, a week ago today, Nate and I covered the prodigal son with our freshman Bible study. So it's like, this is great. I I don't need to refresh this all that much because I already, I I know what I want to talk about. But also it's just, um, there's just so many different angles that you can look at the story through. Um, And I remember last year, our Newman Center did a prodigal son retreat. I wasn't able to go on it. But uh, this retreat looked at the story from the perspective of the son who, the younger son who goes away and squanders his inheritance, the father who forgives his son, and then also the older son who looks at the younger son and is like, I didn't do anything wrong, and yet he's having the party, and I'm not. And so we see the son go and ask the father for the inheritance, and then the father just gives it to him. Yeah, what I find really interesting about this first part is it isn't what the son explicitly says, but what the son is implying in what he says when he goes up to his dad and saying, yeah, you're as good as dead to me. Give me what 
mm. what you want me to have. What yeah, you're he, gonna doesn't, give want, me he doesn't want anything to do with his dad anymore. Yeah. He just wants the inheritance. He doesn't care for the family aspect. He just cares for the, I want power. I want money. I want all this, everything, but not, mm-hmm. I don't care for you or your, anything related to you anymore. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then after that, how he just goes off and he completely squanders his inheritance too. Um, just basically saying that, uh, this gift that you've given me, dad, I don't really care for it. I'm just going to use it however I want to do it instead of being responsible and cultivating it. Yeah. This is something we always can, we can see with ourselves in a way a lot, kind of like we mm-hmm. don't want, we don't care for it. We just want to enjoy our own pleasure as we go off and we don't care what other people think. I know we just like, okay, yeah, this is, I've, you've given it to me. I want to just go and do the things that I enjoy, whether it's going out to, going out to bars, going out to clubs, going, partying, just wasting our time on things that we aren't helping us really, but like just taking us further and away from our family or you are God or God himself or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it shows like what that stuff does to us. Like mm-hmm. it brings us down to nothing. Like he was yeah. starving. He was living in the dirt. Um, he figured that his dad's servants had it better than him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he went back begging to become a servant, um, mm-hmm. which is very humbling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. What I found interesting about this, this section here of these verses 13 through 16 is really just kind of this um, parallel to kind of what Nate was saying before of our life with sin. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, first of all, the son goes and he squanders every th- all of his inheritance and then realizes when the famine hits that he's not satisfied. And so what does he do? He doesn't go back to his father right then and there. He decides, well, I'm going to just try to satisfy myself. I'm going to try to figure this out myself. And in doing so, he ends up longing for what the pigs are eating. And I just saw this as like a parallel to sin because, you know, we we're going after what we think is going to satisfy us, but then we realize that it's not going to satisfy us. But we still keep going after it, thinking, well, I'm just going to try to do this myself. And now we're, we realize that we're striving for something less than what we were created for. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's so true. Yeah, that's, that's the struggles of sin that we, yeah, you don't always want to think about. But, like, in, it's the full truth about how what sin can do to us if we choose not to reflect on it and change our ways. Mm-hmm. So. And eventually we get to this point where the son realizes that he's not satisfied and doesn't want to, um, he doesn't want to keep working with the pigs. So he decides, you know what, I'm just going to go back to my father and kind of what Cole was saying before, just how, how humbling that must have felt for that must have been for him. Yeah. To be at the, like the, you to recognize that you're at the lowest of your, the lows and being so humble of being able to just turn back and see, okay, yeah, I, I'm at this such a low spot, but, I want to at least try and get myself a little better, whether it's going, if it's going back to my father and putting myself at the lowest position I can, it's, it's going to be better than where I am right now. Just re- to just recognize that, that state of just destitute kind of. I love the line he said, or that he, he's going to tell the father when he gets home. Um, he's like, I shall say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. And I no longer deserve to be your son. Um, 
Because that's what sin does to us. We're not, Mm -hmm. we don't deserve to be God's children, but he forgives us and he runs to us Mm -hmm. with his arms wide open. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. the father's response too, um, later on where he says, well, this son of mine was lost, but now he's found. It's, it's really interesting just how um, the difference between how the son sees himself versus how the father sees him, mm. how the son sees himself as, well, I'm not worthy to be called your son. And the father says, but you are. With the imagery of the father, when the son goes back to the father and the father like being so welcoming, there's, it reminds me of back in like middle school. I'm not exactly sure when, but we saw this, the, it was during one of the youth group nights. Um, we were learning about the prodigal son and we watched uh, we watched some like video. It was probably some. It was kind of like some like somewhat of a home video kind of thing where the acting was just like terrible. But you see in the video, it's like oh the prodigal son, where you see the son walking down the road and his father from like afar realizing oh my gosh it's my son and like running and it's like slow mo running to him and it is like the like whole entire... chariots of fire playing yes. in the background. Yes. Da, is the acting da, da, as bad da, da, as High School Musical da. acting? No, it's worse. Oh, that's bad. I love <laughs> High School Musical, but I love High School Musical. Awful. Yeah. yeah. It was just like hilarious to see because it's just like the way he runs and just like grabs his son and it's like, oh, well, I forgive you and everything like that. It's like, okay, that was just, that was so cringy. Like, uh, we should have a movie why? night. We should watch some of those videos. It's like <laughs> we should watch Veggie Tales. That's what we should do. Nate's nodding his head no. <laughs> yeah, Nate, this is a podcast. We're, People can't see your... We're watching Mulan. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the the video just always makes me... I always reflect on that. I kind of think back to that whenever I see this. Just as, like, a laugh kind of in a way. Because it's like, okay, that video was just so cringy. But it's it shows a good... It had a good message in showing how, like, how happy the father was to see his son come back. And was, like, so forgiving. Everything, but... It, yeah, it makes me laugh when I think about it. Interesting question here. So, what do you think the when, what do you think really triggered the son's decision of, okay, I'm going back to my father now? Well, I think he noticed how his life was, that life of sin wasn't doing anything for him. It didn't make him mm-hmm. truly happy, and so he realized, okay, I can be happy if I go back home. Um, I'll have it better off than I do living in the streets wishing I had what the pigs were eating. Um, so I guess he just desired, like, love in a home again and wanted to go yeah. Yeah, back. Again, yeah, again, it's just that, like, realization that I'm at such a low point that I desire, like, all that I desired before, I don't care for anymore. I want what I... All the things that I turned away, I want back now. Mm-hmm. And now I gotta figure out how to get that back. Yeah, and I... I'm, I picture just how awkward it must have been to, to like, as he's walking, how many times he must have second-guessed himself. Because just as he's getting back to his father's house, thinking of having to face his father, and not just his father, but all the fellow servants, his older brother, um, and all these people who know what he did, and yet he's still there, still showing his face. Like, this is nowhere near the same thing. But earlier today, I was, I logged on to my Zoom class um, because, you know, it's COVID. We're all attending Zoom University right now. Um, And uh, 
you know, I, I log in and it's still three minutes before class starts and I'm just like scrolling through social media and I see this video and I just start watching it. Little do, do I know, like 30 seconds later that I realize I was not muted. So Ooh. everyone, everyone who was in the, in the call could hear the video. And I was like, oh, well, this is awkward. So I eventually, <laughs> I went to go mute myself. But before I was able to mute myself, the professor muted me. Oh, oof. Yeah. But then this professor, it's a smaller class. So what the professor does is he has everyone say something at the beginning of class, just about what they're doing, what they've done so far, how the day's going and all that fun stuff. So I remember when it was... When it was coming up to me, I was like, do I say something? Do I not? Do I acknowledge the fact that the video was playing? Do I not? You know, even in these small things, we've, we kind of feel ashamed about what, what when we screw up. And now here's a very big thing where the son literally told his father, you know, you're, you're as good as dead to me. So just give me whatever you're going to give me when you're dead. Um, and then just having to go back and just shows how how low he must have been to go after that and to be willing to put himself under all that shame, realizing that um, going back to his father is worth it. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting to think. Yeah. How low do you have to get to... How low can how you low go? How low can you go? <laughs> how Sorry. Low, yeah. How low do you have to... How low do you have to feel in order to, like, get to that point where you, like... I know I screwed up with my family, but they're the only thing I have left, and I want to turn back to them. I feel like we all can relate to that, though. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I've been in that place where I, like, I'm like, okay, I've messed up. I need God right now. So, like, I go to the church. I go to confession. Mm-hmm. You need prayer. Um, just because you know, like, okay, I messed up. I need, like, God's love. In the, the book that I referenced in last week's episode, Lift Up Your Heart, singular, not hearts, plural, like I said it in last week's episode, Lift Up Your Heart by Father John Burns. Um, he said, I forgot which which meditation it was on, but there was a meditation on sin. And he had us go back and reflect on our very first sin. And um, I forgot exactly how I got to this place, but I got to this place where I was just thinking... Um, about how we kind of have become desensitized to sin. I wouldn't be surprised if that was something that Father Burns put in there, and I've just forgotten. But um, how, you know, when uh, I can... I've always thought that if I were to become a priest and I would have to listen to a, a second grader's confession, no offense, second graders, I in some cases I would probably... It would be probably pretty hard to not burst out laughing because of You like, have said that before to me. <laughs> I have, I've told you that before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right, because elementary ed, that's right. <laughs> um, because, you know, kids say the darndest things. So, uh, so I hit my brother. Yeah. Bless uh, me, Father, for I sinned. I ate t- three pieces of Halloween candy instead of two. You know, exactly. That's what I'm thinking of. And, you know, how when we're little, we look at these sins and we think, this is huge. I need to confess this. When we're older, we look at that and it's just like, well, your mom said only have two pieces of Halloween candy. So what? You had a third one. They're like <laughs> three inches big, not even. So like um, how we've kind of become desensitized to sin. And then mm-hmm. um, I feel like that also bleeds into our lives 
when it comes to going back to the father, when it comes to going to confession, because now we're at a point where like, well, I sinned. Yeah, but I've sinned before. So does it really matter if I go and confess the sin? I can just go do that later. Or you get to the point where like, okay, I will commit this sin again. I know myself. What's the point of confessing it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is where we need to like look at the son and be like, okay, we need to be like him and still go back. Um, because God will always forgive us no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no matter, if we repent, if we're sorry for it. Yeah, no matter how many times we fall, God will always forgive us. And he'll always be there with his yeah. arms open. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. We see that in the story, too, about how the son, it says in Scripture, well, the son is still at a distance. The father sees him and runs to him. And it, it's just this, this image of... Um, what it's like for God to be sitting in the confessional. Because, yes, it's a priest sitting there, but he's acting in the person of Christ. We've heard this, we've all heard this before, how it's Jesus really in the confessional, uh, working through the priest, and how it must be for God to be just sitting in the confessional, waiting for us to come, and just seeing us at a distance, seeing us waiting in line for him, and just him being so excited for that moment, for that reunion, for that... um, restoring our relationship with him yeah it's really interesting i kind of like once it comes once you see like when the father once when the son comes back to the father and you see how well the father treats his son like he tells his servants go out and slaughter the fattened calf go off bring him all the finest things because my son's come back it's it's really interesting to think about like how it's just like it's kind of just like how god like when we like again when we sin and we, but we go and confess. It where he treats, he doesn't treat us like oh, like after that, after we've confessed and come back to come back to the Lord, we're not still those people anymore. We're back to being his his children. We're mm-hmm. no longer sinners. We're his pride and joy, his everything. And he's going to give us. He's still going to give us everything, no matter how hard we fall away. See? Yeah. The the big question that focus had us when we were preparing for our Bible study, the question that they had us um, start out with was this question of, is love something that's earned or is that something that um, should just be inherent? And all of our freshmen said that love is something that is just inherent. But we see the son, well, both sons really in this story, feeling that love is something that needs to be earned. And yet we see how the father for him he loves his son and like we couldn't earn it we don't deserve it and he still gives himself away oh the overwhelming never ending reckless love of god <laughs> did you just make that up yeah you should write a song yeah that'd be a good song <laughs> that'd be a good lyric for a song and like about like the um the, there's no shadow he won't light up there's um <laughs> mountain he won't climb up no yeah all that stuff that's that's some really good stuff too wow hmm. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I feel like if I were to write a song about that, it might get overplayed. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But, but we have a good idea. You should yeah. try it. <laughs> well, anyways. <laughs> um, shout out Corey Osbury. <laughs> yep. I thought we were done with our shout outs. <laughs> shout out to Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
so we were just talking about the older son. You know, he all must suck to be the older son because he often gets overlooked. Um, but I think there's still a lot that can be learned from the older son because I don't know about you guys, but I, I relate a lot more to the old son just because... So I'm the middle child. I have an older brother and a younger sister. And my youngest sister, no offense, Maria, but you were a huge crybaby growing up. Don't even try to fight me on this. I know Fernando and I can attest. You were a huge crybaby growing hey, up. Don't make her cry. Hey, I don't think you were a huge crybaby, cry, crybaby Maria. Please don't hate me any more than you already do. <laughs> yeah, so, side note. Nate and Maria have this huge rivalry that goes back to probably Mar- April, or, April or March. Yeah. Um, they've never met, and yet Maria has not a huge hatred, but she she doesn't like him. I made fun of her for not for having to, for getting her driver's license without having to take the behind the, the actual behind the wheel test because all because that's just cause how thanks for COVID. Yep, uh, that's how the Wisconsin Department of Transportation decided to do it. Well, at least in Appleton, that's how we did it. Um, but anyways, Maria was a big crybaby growing up, um, and I remember it would happen where she'd cry. And after a while, my parents would just give her whatever she was crying about. And my brother and I would be like, oh, come on. (laughs) You do know that if you keep doing this, she's just going to keep crying. And then she's just going to keep getting what she wants. It's kind of what happens to the youngest sibling. The youngest siblings are spoiled brats. That's why you should be the middle child. Because you're not the the trial and error that the oldest is. But you're also not the spoiled brat that the the youngest is. You're You're just there. You are forgotten, though. I'm the middle child as well. And when they say the middle child's the forgotten child, that is definitely true. But it, it's... I'm actually kind of okay with it. Yeah, so am I. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the baby of the family, so oh, spoiled um, they're brat. making fun of me. Yeah, <laughs> spoiled brat. Hey, I don't think I'm any more spoiled than Peter is. <laughs> so, shout out to Peter. Shout out to Peter. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and I was thinking about this this morning um, um, in preparation for this podcast. I was thinking about this story about Maria crying and um, it just, it just struck me that, well, that's the big difference between our earthly parents and then our heavenly father. Our earthly parents are working to get us to this point where we are more or less independent. You know, they start out feeding us, changing us, dressing us, everything, taking care of us for everything. But I'm no longer fed by my parents. So that's good. That's something that they taught me to do myself. Um, They taught me to dress myself. They taught me to walk. They taught me all these things so that I could be an independent human being, which I am more or less being successful at right now in college. More or less. (laughs) Um, Well, you do eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day, but... Hey, I alternate between PB&Js and ham sandwiches for lunch. To be fair, I make ramen noodles a lot, so... (laughs) In senior year, every single day, I ate a PB&J legit every single day for school wow and i still eat them pretty much every day (laughs) but anyways our parents are raising us to get us to this point of independence but our heavenly father is that's not his goal his goal is actually the opposite because you know we as we're growing up we see our parents feeding us teaching us how to walk changing us 
dressing us, all that good stuff. We see that, so, like, we know that we're dependent on our parents, but we can't exactly see God working in our lives. It's something that we need to pay attention to in order to notice. It's not something that's just spoon-fed to us, no pun intended with our parents feeding us. But, you know, that's how we are with our Heavenly Father. Uh, that's how we, our Heavenly Father is trying to get us to this point of complete dependence on Him. So He actually wants us to keep, to keep crying out to Him. He doesn't want us to, quote-unquote, grow up. He wants us to be in this position where we just keep, um, keep going back to Him, even when we screw up, so that He can just give us whatever we're crying for. That's why he says, come to me with the heart of a child or like something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So the oldest son says, look, all these years I served you and not once did I disobey you. So the son's basically asking, hey, look, do you even notice what I'm doing? The good I'm doing. But mm -hmm. do you guys think that even matters? It's, it's interesting to like look at kind of like. Because you see that, yeah, he stuck around. He did all these things for the father. But, like, father quickly, as soon as his other son, uh, son comes back, he just goes, ex gets so excited for him. And you feel, like, the, you feel, almost feel sorry for the other, uh, the son that stuck around because you, he seems like, oh, he's just immediately forgotten because the other, his brother came back and now all this work that he's done has been changed. But, like, because his father only cares about the son that was, went out and then came back. Yeah, I, th I I have this image of the race, and then at the very end of the race, um, you have the people who finished, no problem, but then the, you have the people who can barely walk. And then they're... But then you have some people propping them up and helping them finish the race. Like in cars. Yes, like in cars. Ah, yes. When um, lightning helps uh, the blue guy that I can't remember yeah, the name of, that Nate is Googling right now. The uh, king. The king, yes. Now, what was the green car's name? Uh, Chet, or Chick, Chick, Chick Hicks. Chick, Chick Hicks. Yes. So, Chick finished a race, no problem. And then, uh, Lightning goes and helps the king cross the finish line. And, you know, it matters that Chick finished. You know, that he gets a piston cup. That matters. But the real story is in Lightning going back to help the king. And, um, yeah, the reason why this came up was it matters when you finish strong, but it also matters when you don't finish strong. Mm. It just matters that you finish. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, what, that's what Luke is trying to get at with, well, Jesus is trying to get at with the younger son, uh, with the older son, sorry, that... Um, it does matter to the father that you are, that you're faithful to him, but it also matters to the father that you come back when you're not faithful to him. Um, because ultimately the Lord doesn't love us because we ran the race. Well, he loves us because we ran the race and because we ran it for him. Life is a highway. I'm going to ride, ride it all, all night, night all night long. <laughs> Yeah, on that note, I think that's, that's a good of place as any to end. Probably about that. Yeah, we yeah. can probably end tonight here, but...
So tune in next week when we'll be joined by my roommate, Mr. Brett Gouliash. We will be talking about Judas on Friday the 13th. What a great combo. Ooh, I'm looking forward to that. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming, yeah, Cole. Definitely. Hopefully you, you guys will be my roommates next year. Yeah, so that's... maybe I'll make another appearance. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We'd, we'd, love, love... we'd love to have you again. And uh, don't forget, uh, if you're a fan of The Main Scoop, be sure to tell your friends all about us and follow us on our Instagram at the.mainscoop and check us out on Facebook at The Main Scoop. In the words of St. Lawrence, I'm done on this side. And I'm done on this side. I'm Juan Aragon. And I'm Nate Specht. And this has been The The Main Main Scoop. Scoop. Thanks for listening. God God bless. bless.